Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Yesterday, uh, which was Thursday, obviously the morning after State of Origin Game 3, myself, Kempi and Manny the Waterboy went in studio to review the game just an hour, hour and a half or so before uh, Tom and Eddie came in to record the Dirty Merger Podcast. So I thought I'd just throw uh, all of that content up for you guys. I uploaded part of it yesterday, I thought it was probably the most interesting bit, talking about Brad Fiddler and his coaching, but there is another hour of Origin chat surrounding that. So I thought I'd just put up the entire audio here for you guys to tune into. I thought it was some really engaging content. Uh, we had a couple of pretty heated debates. We disagreed on a lot of things. Uh, so yeah, it was a really good hour and a half or so, uh, full of you know plenty of passion, obviously. Me and Matty, filthy we lost the series. Kempi, filthy he lost that game, but happy he won the series. So uh, a really good chat that I thoroughly enjoyed. I'll hand it over now to Kempi to take us away. Let's get into it. A eh? New South Wales defeat Queensland 24-10. to as a Queenslander, obviously disappointed. Obviously, the play, you know, I felt Queensland probably didn't play their best footy. As a footy fan, to see a guy like Cody Walker get a redemption like that, it was so, so good to watch. I think New South Wales showed a lot of fight. I think they showed that there's there's a winning team amongst it. It's just about sorting certain decisions out and making sure they're the right ones that can really challenge to win a series next year. So really strong win from New South Wales. And they just looked dangerous. And it was all around Cody Walker. What did you think of the win last night, Gurit? Yeah, I thought Cody Walker was fantastic. So good to watch him play. Um, especially, like, even just his first touch, the one where uh, he put in a kick and hit Liam Martin, like, just the confidence he took the line on with. Mm. He just he just looks like he has got it all worked out every time he's got the footy. I love watching Cody Walker play. And Bradman best, mate. What a story. Mate, we said he had origin in him. And look, it's, it's one game. But you have to give credit to Freddie, Brandy. You know, sometimes they make selections that may not work out. But this is a selection that worked out. Uh, what I love the most about his game is... So he obviously got those two tries, was really good in defence. But he actually got dominated in a lot of his tackles. And what I love the most about it is he just kept turning up. And that's what origin's about. It's like, okay, your first three or four tackles... 
especially if you're a rookie that they're hunting, you're going to get dominated. He didn't didn't stop him from taking hit ups at all, and that's what Origin's about. He's such a goer, isn't he? Yeah, loves it. Yeah, and I even thought some of his touches, like some of his quick hands that he got to Josh Adokar, like yep. we see it all the time. But they're like they're, they're so easy to get wrong. Oh man! And mate. in that moment, he just he just he just nailed every opportunity he had. Bradman best. So congratulations to him. I I said last week I I, I wouldn't have picked him, mm. but fuck, all of a sudden now you've got a kid that you're going okay. Is he a guy that we just pick every year now? Mm. Yeah, he's, he's sort he's got that sort sort of ability to be one of those guys. Well, it, like. New South Wales find themselves in an embarrassment of riches to a degree because Critter has been outstanding this series with his game three phenomenal. For not like his defense was absolutely unbelievable. His intercepts, his big plays, you know, it just shows you that sometimes you need to stick with players and give them another chance, give them another shot. Because if you didn't give like put it this way, if we didn't get injuries this year, Critter doesn't get his chance again. And there's a there's a real possibility that he just gets forgotten as an origin you know potential now you go geez it's hard to if he if he plays good form at the dogs next year you go geez it's hard to take that jersey from him when the state needed him even though they didn't get the job done in game two he still stepped up in every single game and if you wind it back what six seven weeks ago I don't think anyone had Stephen Crichton in their full strength side. Mm, yeah. And if there was an injury, you probably had Campbell Graham coming in. Yep, for sure. And, and you know, unfortunately for Campbell Graham, this is how cruel Origin, Origin can be. He's been leapfrogged by Bradman Best. Look, it's a long time in rugby league. And, you know, if Campbell Graham comes out and kills it and Bradman Best is struggling or Critter is struggling, you could see them leapfrogging. But right now, if everything continues on the same trajectory... You'd have to say Bradman and Critter well, are ahead. If we get to game one next year and all three of those guys are playing good footy, you have to go with the guys that were there previously. Yeah, I mean, surely. Uh, yeah, so Bradman best. I uh, I thought he was really good. And I what I loved and what I was I was actually quite surprised about is, is what you you know alluded to before, his calmness. His calmness. I, I thought he would come out and be a bit fiery, a bit in your face, kind of like Hudson Young to a degree where that first game he probably was a – you know, of course he was selected to bring that, so Hudson Young might be a little bit of a different um, kettle of fish, but I thought that Bradman Best would do something similar where he felt like he needed to put his authority in the game. Didn't, none of that. Like, literally none of that. And that's a, a sign of calmness, maturity. Uh, Matty, what did you think of the game? Yeah, I was absolutely stoked for, for Cody. I was stoked for Kane. I thought Critter was absolutely amazing, as you said. Like, he's that tackle on for feeder. When he hit the uh, was it Harry Grant's arm, like he just had so many good plays. <clears throat> but the thing that warmed my heart the most was Teddy. He he was obviously you know so many fans have been calling for his head and thinking oh this could be his last game and maybe it will who knows. But he was unbelievable last night and it was it just brought back so many great memories. When, when the Blues posted just before the game uh, a graphic that he was breaking Danny Bedirus' record for the most consecutive Origins and it. I just kind of like looked at the post and like reflected on, you know, some of the great moments he's had for the Blues. And as we said, we have short memories in rugby league. I, I think he's, I personally think he's New South Wales' best and most consistent player since Joey. And he best remi- fullback ever, I reckon. Best fullback for sure. And he reminded that, reminded us of all of that last night. Um, he put his stamp on the game when he needed to. He. Well, I was going to say, you look at his stats. Mm. Guess how many runs. 18. Mm. 18. Whereas, like, when Freddie, uh, when Teddy starts getting in that 25 to 30 runs areas, it's too much. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. And you, so you're right. I think he injected himself perfectly on the game. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. And it, 
Yeah, it kind of warm my heart a bit. I know the result doesn't really matter in the great scheme of things, but, you know, it, it's been a really terrible series so far before Mate. last night, and last night was fantastic. I think it matters. I think it matters because, put it this way, do we really talk about 2021 that much? It was a record margin, yeah. mm. a record win in Games 2. By Game 2, they'd already won by a record margin, but because Queensland won Game 3, it's like, oh, yeah, New South Wales won, but good win, whatever. Yeah. So I think it matters. I think it matters a lot. Um, just on James Sesco, what, what, exactly what you just said there. I just had a look. Game one, 24 runs. Game two, 20 runs. Game three, 18 runs. Yeah. And in game each game he got progressively yeah. probably Less better. Is more. Yeah. Which is, you know, something that we spoke about, um, you know, after game one. It was just too many involvements. Yeah. Trying too hard. Needs to take a step back. And I think that it's a mixture of two things. It's a mixture of Teddy making the right decisions and being humble enough to go, you know what, like, I just need to – I don't need to do what I do at club um, and going. But I also, also think it took an older head in Cody Walker to have the confidence to say, brah, if I'm in this team, we do it the way I want to do it. And now maybe Freddie gave Cody Walker that kind of, um, I guess, leeway to say that. But you could tell, which was so impressive with the Cody Walker situation, that was Cody Walker's team. Yep. That was Cody Walker's team. I mean, he was getting the ball. Mitchell Moses, if you kind of – weren't watching closely. Like, Mitchell Moses was relatively quiet, in quotation marks. But Mitchell Moses was exactly what he needed to be. And I think, you know, we're jumping around a little bit here, but Mitchell Moses of three or four years ago, he doesn't play that role. He could, they would have clashed so much because Mitchell Moses is so dominant. The mature Mitchell Moses that we know now, he is willing to go, all right, yeah, sweet, I'll take a step back um, and Cody, allow Cody Walker to be everything that he is. And, uh, yeah, so Teddy... I just I'm so happy for him that he got to if it is his last game, look it's not saying it is. I do I do still think that the mortgage on the jersey probably isn't there anymore. I think yep. heading into next year he's gonna have to fight for his jersey. Now that doesn't mean he won't get it. He's a champion. But I do like the fact that the last if, if it is the last game or, or whatever, he played exactly how we know Teddy can play, which is just super dangerous, constantly threatening air in the ruck. Also, his ball playing was back. It was just, it was, it was almost like, I, I must have been, I sent you guys a message, but it must have been bittersweet because you're like, shit, we could have had this from game one. I know, and look, I, we're, it's hindsight hero. We, no one can sit here and pretend that they were so sure that this was the right direction to go. Um, you know, if someone said to you, game one, go Mitchell Moses, Cody Walker, people would have said, no, you're kidding yourself. So, um, you know, it just a really, really good, a really important win for New South Wales because if, if they got whitewashed by the youngest side ever to be whitewashed, I, I reckon that scars, like scars deep. Especially we don't need this, any more scars. <laughs> <laughs> especially with this young roster for Queensland. I'd understand, like, to a degree, if it was like an eight-in-a-row roster, you can kind of go, look, that's just, look at the fuck. But this is a you know, average age of 25 years old roster. Yeah. Um, you take Terry out and you're looking at, like, 24 years old. Um, but... Yeah, New South Wales are outstanding. And, and all the outside of that first try, which I was shocked, when that ball went up and there were players jogging around it, I was like, what the hell? Like, after all the negative press around New South Wales, they're not sprinting towards the ball to make sure they're in front of all the kick chases. Outside of that one blemish, they competed on every single play. I'd love to know what was said after that try. And I, you know, obviously wasn't out there or whatever, but... I just have to think it must have had something to do with Jake Trevojevic, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. That guy in the middle, we spoke about it. He's so, like, I, I think, like, performance-wise, like, physical performance-wise, Jake was okay. Yeah. He wasn't 
didn't bend the line, didn't really dominate in defence. But the mental side that he brought to them, that grit in the middle that we talk about so often, they were, they were a different forward pack. And like, they're, they're like the vast majority of guys you pick in rugby league is because what they do between trial line and trial line. Jerbo's one of those guys that he brings that little bit extra where it's what he says when you're standing behind the sticks. Yeah. And in that moment, I have no doubt mm. he would have absolutely given it to them. Well, this is, this is Jakey's game. So he played 60 minutes, 10 runs for 64 metres. So if you looked at that stat, you're going, mate, how's he getting... And he made 31 tackles and he made, uh, two, had two misses. If you're looking at those stats, you're going, are you serious? Like, how's this bloke getting picked? No, no, no. There's more to rugby league than stats. And Jake Javojevic is a perfect example of that because that forward pack, they were a different beast last night. They didn't back down. You know, RCG, I reckon he got jammed like every run and he just kept like... He just kept turning up. So... I, I was really, really impressed with the New South Wales forward pack. I, I thought that they, like, righted a few wrongs. Um, and maybe, like, before the game last night, I sat down and did a preview on my podcast. And as I just read through the Queensland forward pack and bench, I, I sort of sat there and went, oh, my God. It's, a, it's getting This scary. is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like it, it, even just trying to work out who Slater would put on first and who he'd save and everything, I was just going, oh, my God, he's got 10 different ways he could do this. And I'm not sure if we can compete with any of those 10, but yeah. the boys just showed up last night. They did. They wanted it more. They were, they were, they were competing on everything. Um, okay, we'll get into... I'm going to talk a bit about Queensland. Look, disappointing for sure. Disappointing for sure. Wasn't their best game. Looks quite clunky. I thought it's, it's hard to be critical of the Queensland players because they've been so incredible for the mm. last two years. But if we're just talking about this performance, you've got to be honest and call it like it is. I thought our right-side defence was really poor. Um, I thought Val Holmes probably had one of his worst games um, in a long time. I thought DCE, we've spoken, if you've listened to this podcast for quite a while, we said if, if DCE has one weakness, it's his defensive read sometimes. Sometimes he'll jam and step back. Sometimes he'll jam all the way. Sometimes he'll slide. And if you haven't played a lot of footy with him, it's very hard for the outside men to make decisions outside him. Um, I thought Coates, you know, he, he struggled in defence quite a bit. Even when Val did jam in, Coates wasn't landing quickly enough on that edge man. Uh, it's hard to be too critical of Coates because I think the men inside him just made that decision so hard. Um, and also, it's not just... I would say it's a mixture of two things. If there's one part of Cherry's game that sometimes he can struggle with, it's that defensive reads. But also, I do think there's a brilliance of Cody Walker as well. So it's a mixture of those two things. And mate, I even thought I agree. That I think Val had his. I think it is his worst defensive game I've seen him play in Origin. Mm. You had um, you obviously had DC at halfback. Who you know we've spoken about that before. You had Nanai on that edge. Like that's three guys that when they're off in defence, they're off, off, off and yeah. they were off, off last night. You lost by fourteen. Yeah, I know. Like, you, you, you bombed two or three tries in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, and that's, it. that's where I'm like, as a Queenslander, we could talk about the individual performances, but what I loved is the one thing that you couldn't question was the Queenslanders were having a dig. Like, and that's the, that's the only thing I was scared of, is if, if we rocked up, we had a few things go against us, maybe you could argue a few calls, and the boys just went, you know what, fuck this. Like, we've won the series. We don't need to bash our bodies. We don't need to get into heavy contact and try and stop blokes. What I loved about Queensland is when everything was going wrong, dropping balls, go at the back, bad passes, bad reads, they didn't stop having a dig until the end. And I think that puts them in really good stead for next year. 100% it does, yep. 
It, it wasn't a game, you know, anyone watching that game that thinks Queensland weren't ripping in, um, <coughs> I just, yeah, I don't know what you're watching. Queensland were ripping in. They were looking to hurt. And I, I, I think there were periods where Queensland forwards pack did an incredible job to wrestle back momentum. It was just, I think, just, we looked clunkier. Like, I thought Brimo, he tried his heart out. I thought he was just a bit clunky at the back at times. Yeah. I think we missed Caelan Ponger and um, Reese Walsh's kind of silkiness out the back. You know, I don't think Brimo played poorly by any stretch, but it, he's a different fullback to uh, KP and Reese Walsh. And I, I think sometimes in Origin, like there, there's certain games where it's almost like Origin decides what it's going to be like. And I was saying to Matty before, like if you played that game last night with no context, you'd be able to pick that as a dead rubber game from mm. a mile away, I reckon. Yeah. It just didn't have a normal sort of Origin feel to it of a mm. game one, game two. And yeah, I, I, I personally think that definitely suited the style that the New South Wales Blues wanted to play, which was centred around. Cody Walker. Yeah. Which just is fantastic. Just spin it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Just spin it. Like you look at the completions for uh, New South Wales, it's like 75% or something, 78%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it's really hard to be critical, you know, but I do think that if our right side just got their timing a little bit better, we, we get, we'd, I don't know if we'd win it, but the game would have been much closer. I sure. just think that, that just that centimetre that we were out, that second that we were off each other, it really hurt us because we just got torn to shreds down that um, edge. Now, maybe that's just Cody Walker's pure brilliance. But let's talk about Cody Walker. We'll talk about New South Wales, then we'll get to Queensland. Cody Walker, what an incredible story. Incredible story. Now, as you guys know, ad nauseum, I've said I didn't think he played that bad in his debut for New South Wales, and I was shocked at how quickly he was almost, you know, oh, yep, he's had his chance, hasn't worked out. I think he is perfect for Origin. New South Wales fans call out for Munster, their version of Munster, all the time. We need Munster. We need our version of Munster. He's been sitting there the whole time in front of your face. That's it's Cody great, Walker. That's a great point. That's such a good point. And, yeah. and it's just like he is the best attacking player in the comp. He has magic in his hands. He has magic in his hands. And so that's why when he did just get like that one opportunity and then moved on, I was so surprised. But surely now, I guess, I hope anyway for New South Wales' sake, you know, from a rugby league's fan's perspective, surely now the balance of your side you understand you need the magic man in six. And that is a Cody Walker V. Like, what, it reminded me in a different version, in a different way, just watching Cody Walker toy with DCE. It reminded me of Munster toying with a Luai, toying with a Cleary. And look, the perfect balance at the moment for me, look, I think Mitchell Moses has an equal shot next year. I think Cleary and him should be battling for that seven jersey. But if you're just looking on paper, like... Walker and Cleary are the perfect balance for each other. Like, Cleary is so structured. Great kicking game. Great defense. And then you've got Walker that it just needs to get the platform laid for him. And he'll tear you to strips. He'll yep. tear you to strips. What an incredible journey for Cody. Because he could have dropped his... He could have, you know, kicked stones, kicked rocks, sorked or whatever. He has just kept battling away. You know, we have to remember his debut is all the way back in... 2019. 2019. Uh, like, origin debut? His origin debut is 2019. Yeah. He's ended up winning that series. And he, he's kept on... Since then, he's been the best attacking player in the competition. And this is a guy where, you know, the line of like, oh, Queensland get it, New South Wales don't get it. Obviously, it's a, a bit tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, New South Wales get it. Um, but this is a guy that when he was having, I think, his first child, asked his wife, they were living on the Gold Coast, 
on the border, asked his wife, could she cross the border to have the child to make sure that it was a New South Welshman? Now, she's, I'm pretty sure she said that if it's a boy, we'll do it that way. If it's a girl, I'm not going across the border. <laughs> anyway, I'm pretty sure it ended up being a boy. Um, and so we talk about getting it, passion, bleeding blue. This is when Cody Walker wasn't even close to debuting yet. That's how much he loves playing for New South Wales. That's how much the jersey means to, means to him. And I am just so happy that regardless of what happens going forward, he has this moment. He won man of the match in an origin game, and you can never take that away from him. I think you made a really good point when you said, you know, he could have kicked stones and all that. And I, I assume you meant in the time he wasn't playing origin. Yeah. He could have kicked stone 10 years ago. Yeah. But no sure. one was giving him any attention whatsoever. Yep. He knew how talented he was, but no one was giving him a shot. He was bumping from club to club to Queensland Cup. It's bizarre. It's unbelievable. It's, it's yeah. one of the most shocking bits of – like it's a shocking, most shocking story in rugby league mm. that a guy this talented wasn't debuting until 26. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And he, like, and he went through good systems and bad systems well, – arguably bad systems, but you know, some of those poor systems he was in at times – You'd think there would have been more opportunity for him yeah. to bounce up there. So, like, it, it is an unbelievable story. And for him to end up, you know, at South Sydney of all clubs, you know, one of the you know, oldest, proudest, all that sort of stuff, and for them to go, oh, you know, we can see it. We'll yeah. give you an opportunity. It just, it's an, it's a fantastic story. Incredible story. And, story. And I mean, so like, happy. if you're talking about him playing 5'8 next year, playing at the left edge, if Latrell Mitchell's fit and he's left centre, how can you go with anyone else other than Cody oh, Walker? mate. If, Cody if Walker, I was the coach, I'd be saying to Cody Walker, hey, the jersey's yours if you can convince your mate Jack White to play as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he probably could. He probably, he probably could. could. I'm, I'm confident he could. Um, if Cody Walker continues solid form into next year, surely that six jersey is his. I think so. I, yeah. As I said, you've been crying out for your monster. He's been there in front of your eyes the whole time. He is, a magic, he is magic in his hands. I said it before the game. You can do as much video session as you want. You can work on all your def- defensive systems. And just like Munster, it doesn't matter. He will find the right pass. And his ability, you know, the thing about Origin, and I've spoken about it in regards to Reese Walsh and, you know, yesteryear kind of stuff, it's about who can create space without the ball. And it's a bizarre situation you find. So because you're like, how can someone create space when they have the ball in their hands? Cody Walker is the best player in rugby league to create space with ball in hand. He creates the little gaps between defensive lines with the ball in hand because you don't know where he's going to pass it. Now, granted, the, the players outside him need to run the right lines. Yeah, for sure. But Cody Walker's pass selection, it's second to none mm. ever, in my opinion. I, I think his pass selection is as good as any player that I personally ever seen play the game. Um, and so that bit of magic that he brought last night, I just think that you go, you identify it and you go, okay, we finally got our guy that can break things apart in the, just in the blink of an eye. Like, put it this way, how silky was his line timing with Liam Martin yep. in one game? One game. Like, I think it took him, I think the first hit up, their timing was a little bit off. But outside of that, like, he was actually almost passing the ball too well to Liam. I think Liam dropped one, and it was more Liam's fault rather than Cody. And I think he, like... Even Liam wasn't expecting it because Cody is so deceptive with the way he plays the, the ball in hand. Um, his story is incredible, and I really think if he plays solidly in towards the next year, I think you've got to stick with him. And it's players like Cody Walker that in the history of origin have separated teams. It's the guys you can't prepare for by watching tape during the week because yeah. it, it, do, it doesn't help you. How, do you. how do you game plan for Cody Walker? Same as how do you game plan for Cam Munster? Exactly. Whereas I think that, you know, and look, everyone, 
look, I'm sure there are some people out there who are like a couple of years ago, oh, this, this Penrith system and, you know, leading too heavily into it. But most people were like, look, this is the back-to-back premiership winning system. It's a bloody good system. But it's a system that can be identified. It can be uh, defended against, planned against. Whereas, you know, the Cody Walker, if it's Cleary or Moses, you just can't plan against that kind of stuff. It is so impressive. So I'm so happy for Cody Walker. I really am. And, you know, it shows you it's a big reason why the Rabbitohs have managed to stay at the tip, like at the top of the table, essentially, in regards to one of the top tier sides. A big reason for that, like you can have the best ever coaches come in, but if you don't have a strong play, senior playing group, you are done. Yep. Cody Walker, Cam Murray's the captain. Cody Walker's the senior player at that club. That he is the guy that I bet you Cam Murray goes and speaks to and gets advice and you know direction. He is the guy that I bet you Demetrio connects with and speaks to the rest of the playing group. Um, I think that, yeah, if he continues solidly, I think he should keep that jersey. And I think since Adam Reynolds has left, I, I know myself in particular, I've sat there and watched Cody and I've always thought, oh, he's the second fiddle guy with the highlights. But I think, like, you can more and more see, like, Ilias does his job in that team. But I think Cody Walker is a lot more vocal than what we give him credit for. Mm. And I, I think it's been really evident with Sassini over the last year or so that he has just taken that all on board and gone, okay, this is what the team needs. That's what I need to do now. Yeah. It might not be my natural thing for the last five or six years, but I have to do it now. And, and I thought he did the exact same thing last night. Yeah. And I love that he's half half partner, Mitch, Mitch Moses. You said he, he just played his role, which I agree with. I think it was his first three touches. He got the ball looked up. Really no one was in a better position than him, so he just went, fuck it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to so take my good. medicine here. I love to see that from halfbacks. It's so good. I think as well, it, it kind of re-emphasised the fact money... You know, you can have all the best science, all the best training, everything. You could have the best physique ever, the perfect. You could be made in a lab to play rugby league. It cannot replace age and wisdom. Yep. It cannot replace a guy that's 33 years old, 32 or 33 years old. He's been there. He's done it. He's got confidence in his own ability to wrangle a game and say, this is how we're going to play. You get behind me, boys. I'm willing to take the line. I'm willing to take the risk. And that's what DCE did in the last the, the one games one and two. It was his experience and his age that gave him the confidence to go, I've been here before plenty of times, boys. Just get behind me and I'll take his forward. So incredible stuff. Isn't DCE just the best example of that? We already spoke about it last week and whatnot. But like I look at Cody Walker and I, I was reading through all the comments on social media last night. You know, people that are obviously anti-South, anti-Cody Walker, whatever, going, we need to plan for the future. I'm like... Fuck, I was sitting here looking at Queensland two years ago going, geez, they need to plan for the future after DCE. Do you want to give away those two trophies? No, thank you. No, thank you. And also... Cody Walker's younger than DCE. Yeah. And also, he's played less He's playing footy. better footy too. Played in less footy. Yeah. It's, he yeah. debuted at 26. And also, on top of all that, Cody Walker doesn't rely on his physicality to play rugby league. Now, granted, you have to have a certain amount of physicality for the defence of it. He's not relying on lightning pace, a big fend, He's relying on outthinking you on a rugby league field. Uh, and also, it, you can plan for the future without debuting guys in key positions. Look what Queensland are doing. Dearden yeah. gets brought in when he's needed. He gets bringing his 18th man. They are planning for the future. Also, Harry Grant started at number nine last night. Um, I think that is a hint that Ben. they're just trying to get Ben Hunt maybe – sorry, Harry Grant ready to play longer minutes in case DCE isn't there, then Ben Hunt can play seven. Yeah. So you can plan for the future with that. And this is coming from a guy that probably would have selected Nico Hines uh, at six 
thinking that, okay, maybe it's better to head in the, the right direction. So even me, with being a massive fan of Cody Walker, and if I had to select him game one, I would have been all about it. Um, I was like, okay, maybe you put um, Nico Hines there because of the next few years. But after seeing what – I'll put it this way. I didn't think Cody Walker would dominate a game like that in Origin. I thought he'd have a good game. I didn't think he would be constantly stripping Queensland. Every time he touched the ball, it was panic stations for Queensland. And when you, and a guy comes out and plays that good in origin, it shows you he's still got plenty of rugby league at the top tier level left. And you know, like I, I said it about 10 weeks ago and it stood out for me last night as well. Another game where Cody Walker has 9 to 10 out of 10 game. He's not grabbing jerseys. He's, he's not trying to get he's under so the skin. Calm. He just plays his game, mm. controls himself. And, and you're constantly waiting for Cody to do that stuff. But I, and I feel like if we were to pick him game one next year and he had Latrell at left centre, he would leave that to Latrell. Mm. He would go, I just need to direct this yeah, team around the sure. park. For sure. So happy for him. As I said, that, you always talk about you know wanting to play for your state and bleeding blue. This guy literally had his kid born across the border. So if you're anti-South and whatever, you want a guy bleeding blue, he bleeds blue. He bleed, this, is, this is before he even thought he'd play he wasn't even playing NRL. I don't even know if he was in an NRL system at this stage um, in regards to like a top squad. So just an incredible story. Um, I want to talk about, I mean, there's so many good stories to talk about, but Brian Toll is a joke. It's a joke. If he keeps on this trajectory, he'll be the greatest winger of all time. Yeah, and people will blow up at that. And I, I said after the grand final last year, he's doing things that we've never seen before. And people go, oh, Takiri, Wendell. No one's in his league. You're kidding. There, there have been fantastic wingers before, but what he specifically brings to rugby league, no one has ever ever been in the same ballpark before. Mm. Remember a couple of years ago when Blake Ferguson had that unbelievable season? He, re- he averaged 200 metres, and we, we all fell off our seats. Brian Totter's just averaged 204 run metres this Origin Series, and it's the third Origin Series in a row he's averaged 200-plus metres. Just, and just, teams don't kick to him because they don't want him to run the ball. Just on that, Guru, I was... Uh, I watched the highs again this morning and I was looking through the stats. I was looking at Ty and I was like, oh, wow, his, his metres were down. He's only run 97 metres. I misread it. It was 97 post-contact metres. In yeah. origin. In origin. Against a young gun for, forward pack. Like, this isn't, a, this isn't a forward pack that's, you know, ageing a little bit so they struggle in that heavy contact. This is a forward pack that looking to hurt and he is – look – does he have the highlights of a semi Rodriger or a Wendell Saylor in regards to these long-range tries? No, I'm not saying that. Like, Wendell's ability to just break games apart, for sure. But when you're talking about delivering 9 out of 10 to 10 out of 10 games over a long span of time and impacting a game in a different way, no one's done it like Toto. This We're in about a third year now where he's just out and out the best winger and it's not even close. If you look at post-contact metres for this Origin Series from players that played three games, Pat Carrigan, he averaged 50 post-contact metres per game. He was in second. How many do you reckon Brian Toto has averaged this series? I'll let you. 72. Oh, my God. He is so good, man. He and is if you have so a look good. at the last three years, he has top post-contact metres in the Origin Series every single year. Last year, he averaged 79, and the year before that was 78. Oh. <sighs> 2023 is almost his disappointing year as far as post-contact metres. That's insane. Insane. He is such a beast. And he's so safe. And he makes the right reads. He can finish. And look, there's this narrative around like, oh, under the high ball he struggles. I don't think he struggles any more than any other winger struggles. Every, every winger, you can find highlights of a ball getting tapped back. or Look, maybe put it this way. 
if you haven't seen a regular pattern of him getting out jumped and all that kind of stuff, coaches would be trying to identify him to make it happen. It hasn't happened regularly across his career. So, look, I'm not saying he is he is Ralph Flau in the air. No, but is it a weakness? I don't think it's any weaker than any other winger in the comp right now. And you know what? Is he weaker in the air than the absolute top wingers? Yeah, probably. But are they running for 200 no, metres no coming way. out of their own end every single game? Exactly. Like you, you've got to give and take somewhere. Well, I'll tell you this. Like, Coates, who, who would you rather as a player at the moment? Toll, every day of the week. 100%. Coates probably has bigger highlight reels in him, can jump higher. Now, maybe Coates can get there one day. He's still relatively young. Brian To'o, the only worry I have with To'o is so physical. How does his body do it for another 10 years? Yeah, but like, it, if there's one guy that can, it's Brian Tall. Yeah, I was looking at him last night, and I was talking to a mate, um, and we both followed the um, um, NFL pretty closely. And, like, you look at running backs over there, which is essentially what he's doing. He's a running back. He, he's a running back. Yeah. And you look now in the NFL, running bats, you know, at, at their best, they, they last three to five years. Yeah. Or, like, it's becoming – their careers are becoming shorter and shorter because they the get impact. banged up so much. Yeah. What this guy does is incredible. And the other thing, I'm sure um, NRL Physio could touch on it more. One thing I've noticed with him, whenever he is out injured – he always returns two to three weeks early as well. Yeah. He's a maniac. He is unbelievable. Brian Toto, I genuinely believe if he keeps on this trajectory, not right now, but if he keeps playing like this for the rest of his career, if someone said he's the greatest winger of all time, I, I wouldn't argue against it. Show me another winger's stats. And obviously there's more to rugby league than stats, but show me another winger that's had this. Like, basically, I haven't seen Toto play less than eight out of ten in about four years, maybe three and a half years. Show me another winger that you could find that. You've got like a Brett Morris who's like hyper consistent, so you put him up there for sure. But, you know, Brett Morris, probably more of a finisher early in his career rather than a meter eater. I just think in what you're asking from To'o, he cannot do any more. Yeah. He cannot do any more. He is, put it this way, if a betting man, by the end of his career, he'll at least be, at the very least, one of the greatest wingers of all time, I think. I really do think that. Across the last three seasons, as far as average post-contact metres goes, he's come first uh, in one of those years. The other two years, he's come second to Payne Haas. Wow. By less than a metre. When I, when I think about best wingers, my first thought is always um, Brett Morris. And the thing I love about Brett Morris is, like, the bigger the game, the better he played. He yeah. always killed in origin. So safe. 2019 grand final, he was probably the best player on the field. Same with Toto. All the big games. He, he could have won the Clive last year. Yeah. He was definitely the top two players in the field. He absolutely kills it in origin. He kills it for Penrith, the bigger the game. So the fact that he rises to the occasion kind of adds to how good that he actually is compared to other wingers. Look, if you've got other guys as goat wingers, for sh- like, let's, as I said, as he, if he continues this, for sure, like, I'm not going to argue it. But if you don't think he's one of the best, I disagree with you. Yeah. I don't have the stats in front of me now, but if you also, and I'm sure for, for the final series we'll have them, if you go look at his run metres and post-contact metres just in finals games, yeah. it's off the charts. He's yeah. almost, he's averaging somewhere near, like, 230, 240 metres. It's, it's absolutely wild. And, and it's a good point, Matty. He steps up massively in big games like even when you guys got beaten game two like totally be- like beaten one mm. by 30 points or whatever it was he was still probably the best winger on the field yeah that's that just shows you how good he is i don't know about you guys but he's my brad filler medalist this year yeah, it would have been mine across mm. all three games yeah the blues yeah, yeah. You know was, what? Yep. yeah i was talking to someone last night who said that he he has just followed the same blueprint that josh mansell played with a couple of years ago and I went, yeah, yeah, sure, but 
just to give you an example of how further ahead he is, Josh Mansell's best season, he averaged 60 less metres mm. per game yeah. than what Brian Toto did last year. <laughs> like they're stupid numbers. Yeah, we just haven't seen it before. We haven't seen it before. And, we, and because he does it week in, week out, whether it's round two or the grand final, we get used to it and we don't appreciate it. Yeah, And also, you don't like, okay, if he doesn't have the highlight try, I guarantee if you go back and look at the the two sets before it, who took the run that gave you momentum to dominate that set? It's always top. Like anytime you run to the pump, you know, you've got Queenslanders absolutely jamming blokes. Toto takes the next run, gets to play the ball. And you're like, far me as a Queensland fan. He is unbelievable. Fantastic fella off the field too. Like just a really, really nice guy, mate. Look, he's he's got a ways to go. But right now, if he just keeps on this trajectory, he'll go down, I reckon, in history. And if you want a cracking example of just how how good he is with his run meters, I'm finding more and more people talking about um, Taruba, the other wingers. Jeez, he runs for a lot of meters. He wasn't like that coming through. It's because they keep kicking the fucking ball to him because yeah. they can't tackle Brian Toll. Yep. And also, like, geez, Tarou was running for a lot of metres. Toll's been doing that for about four years now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, it just, mate, Toll is amazing. He is something special. And, again, we talk about, you know, what it means to be a blue, bleeding blue. And I, I you want to see a guy that, no matter win, lose, draw, whatever the situation is, he is ripping and tearing. It's Brian Toll. He never takes a backward step. Out, out of all the players, so Ruben Cotter is out there jamming blokes. Guess the only player to go, oh, yeah, sweet, you want to have a crack? Boom, bumped him off like there's no tomorrow in game two. It's Brian Toto. Guess who's leading the NRL for kick return meters? <laughs> it's not Brian Toto, it's his fullback, Dylan Edwards. So he's like, it's not like Penrith are handing off to him all the time yeah. to bump these runs oh, up. These are hard meters. Dylan Edwards is leading the comp for kick return meters. Yep. So he's, he's not collecting 30 easy meters every set. Well, he's taking the tough carry. Arguably, the toughest carries are carry two and three. Dill's getting the 30, then he gets the next eight. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, so good. Um, I want to talk about Critter. Wow. Like, you know, I felt like I was banging my head up against the wall when we kept talking about he's a big game player. He has big moments. And then we saw him have one or two moments where he stuffed up. And everyone was so quick to jump on him and go, oh, fucking hell. Like, you know he's not, mate. Look at this, look at that. The amount of big plays this guy has, it's almost unnerving. Like, the how he manages to pick the time of making a play that is make or break. For example, stepping out of the line when Harry Grant is crabbing, Harry Grant is crabbing across the field is such a risky play. Because if that ball gets through, he is getting crucified. And what, if you get beaten... By, let's say you're up in slide defense and you just get beaten, but you get beaten within the system that you've been told to play, you go, okay, it was an error, missed tackle, we move on. If you make the error by trying to make a big play, it's crucify session. Stephen Crichton makes huge plays in big, big games and he's starting to round out his game so well. I'm almost, I'm not saying he's going to go play poorly at the Bulldogs or whatever, but I'm almost like, shit, like if he could have stayed at Penrith, he really could have a long, long origin career. And now may, he may keep his spot at the doggies. But we all know how sometimes when they go to clubs that are struggling, sometimes form drops a little bit. But he has been outstanding <laughs> since game one. I know Timmy didn't feel like he played that well game one. I thought he was outstanding game one. I thought he was solid game two. And I thought that he was incredible game three. Some of the plays that he made, knocking down Harry Grant's um, arm, 
some crazy lead lines that are, was it Fafita or was it Nanai that was running? Fafita, I think, on that other edge there. Every time I'm like, oh, here we go. This is definitely a try. You, you've got a, one of the best back rowers steaming onto the ball. Critter chops him down every time in a one-on-one tackle. Incredible game by Critter. Intercept was a big play too. Massive. It, it changed the momentum. And if he, you know, if he takes that and runs the rest of the way, it's the number one thing people are talking he, he about. He basically took that intercept with no head. He got, it was he, incredible. Got, he got decapitated while he took it. It was crazy. Yeah. And like juggling and that. And also like DC caught him on his intercept in you know, origin, but he still made, like we always talk about, oh, it was a Queensland moment. And it was a Queensland moment. Queensland won the moment, but not because of Critter. Critter gave a moment to his team and his team didn't deliver in game two. He like, he got ran down and everyone focused on the fact that he got ran down. Focus on the fact that you're on your bloody try line yeah. and he just ran 90 metres and now you're on Queensland's try line. Yeah. It was Queensland that won the moment. Queensland team, New South Wales in the game too. Game three, once again, another huge moment. It was a Queensland moment, but it went from a force dropout to getting tackled on the 30. Exactly. It's a huge momentum swing. And we were That's one pass away from scoring in the left corner. And game two is completely different all of a yeah. sudden. And, you, had, you know, obviously selection issues. You had Cook in centre. If you maybe had a different centre there, uh, uh, mate, Critter, for me, geez, I'm excited for his career. I think he's – because he's so um, tall and kind of lean, once he just, like, gets even bigger but balances out his body, far out he's going to be special. And you might find that he might go to Canterbury and his football might not be as good as what it is at Penrith, but full-time playing fullback, it might just open up more dimensions to yeah, his game. For sure. And you might see it when you get into the Origin yeah. Arena. I, I – um, you're right, it actually may help him in the origin arena because it gives him a better viewpoint of what the fullback's thinking. I mean, really exciting times for Critter. What an incredible game. Uh, Bradman Best, we spoke about a little bit, but I mean, I even said to Brandy when I had him on the show, I said, oh, Brandy, I probably wouldn't have had Bradman Best first, would have had some other guys. But if there is a guy made for origin, and oh, look, Freddie took some risks this series that absolutely didn't pay off. But when he takes a risk and they pay off, you've got to give Freddie credit. There's not many people that would have had the background history on Bradman Best to be able to make the call that he did. Only because Freddie has been so important in the development of the next generation. He's the one that laid all those pathways down. So he's seen Bradman Best since 16 years old. So he knew what he was made of in the Origin arena. You know, yes, Origin at the NRL level is way harder than under-19s, but it is a similar kind of rugby league. You often find guys that make the under-19s origin, at least a few of them end up playing origin at Clubland. Bradman Best, obviously, a standout for New South Wales. And it was just his calmness that I liked. And the fact that, you know, it's all good to talk a big game before an origin match, but you've got to deliver. Yep. And what I loved about Bradman Best is he talked a big game, but he delivered. And he didn't take a backward step, even though he was getting headhunted by the Queensland pack. He got jammed multiple times. He got dragged back, led back, did not stop him from running hard, tough carries. And it's been a tough series for New South Wales. But a shining light is you've got a 20-year-old, 21-year-old, absolute thoroughbred that's proven he can mix it with the best. I uh, When the game finished last night, I, I genuinely did miss hearing from the players after that game. But I thought the one shining light was that they went and spoke to Bradman Best's parents. Mm. And I found it so interesting the way that his mum sort of said, he never talks before games. And he ran his mouth like crazy before that game. Yeah. And she said, me and my husband looked at each other and sort of went, oh, he's on here. Yeah, okay, wow. He's going to do something here. Yeah, wow. You know what's mad too? I didn't realise, his dad's a Queenslander. 
Yeah, I know. It's hilarious. It's unreal. It's so yeah, funny. I wasn't aware of that. Dude wants to literally bash his own dad. <laughs> I, I want, uh, if there's a player I want in the jersey representing me, it's a bloke that's willing to bash his own dad. <laughs> if you're willing to bash your own dad, you'll bash anyone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bradley Best. Um, mate, yeah, I'm so happy for Bradley Best. And as I said, everyone, everyone in the media, except for maybe New and Nice fans, was against this selection. So if you're going to rip Freddie and Brandy, for their you know, errors that they made and, and everyone else in part of the selection group and Joey and all the boys, if you're going to rip them for their negatives, give them credit for when they get it right. And they got it right this time. They got it right. And it may set them up for future in regards to 21 years old. You've got to give them credit. This was a huge call by them and they absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I've said a few times I wouldn't have picked him. Uh, but yeah, I really do hope that he can be that guy. Mm. It's, yeah, it... I think he can be. I, I was just, honestly, I'm still shocked at his calmness. I really mm-hmm. am. Uh, Carr just producing that magic that he needs to produce. Um, that's why he's a part of the side. You know, you've got to that's going to make all the metres that need to be made. But in these big moments, in these big moments that you need a big play that's got magic, it's the Fox. It's Bala Fox just flying down the wing, shake a leg at the end. It was, it was bittersweet to see because I love the Fox. I'm a Queenslander, but I'm just like... He, he's had a tough series, the Fox. It hasn't been the best. He's had a tough two years. Yeah, honestly. he really yeah. has. So the fact that he got to have that moment and show why he is selected in sides, you know, we've had the benefit of Hamiso doing that pretty much every game this, this series. And it was good to, for New South Wales to go, oh, we got one of them too. Let's yeah. not forget, this Fox has been scoring tries like this for quite a while now. Uh, that try that he scored was phenomenal. Isn't it great when you see, especially in, in Origin, and we, we see it every few years, but like I remember when I saw Slater score the chip over the top try, I just remember thinking, like, that's the try that Slater as a kid would have wanted to score. Yeah. And Josh Adokar being, you know, a, a fantastic winger, that's the try he would have wanted to score. I love when you see those moments where you get, that's like proper childhood shit there. I know. That you get to live. It's unbelievable. Um, we were already talking about Mitch Moses, but I thought he just played his role perfectly. I thought some of his defence was absolutely outstanding. And again, this is a Mitchell Moses. He has had to work his ass off. Isn't it funny how people forget two or three years ago, Mitchell Moses was NRL fans' whipping boy. It was like, it was, it was fun to hate Mitchell Moses. Isn't it funny that you can earn respect by just digging in and working hard. I don't hear much chat around Mitchell Moses. Negative chat, it's zero, zilch. And he showed last night and in game two that all the questions you had about what could Mitchell Moses become, all the deficiencies in his game, he has worked on that and they are gone. They are gone. Mate, I think that his improvement in defence in the last three or four oh, years mate. has been, I don't think people talk about it enough. And that's why I wanted to point out so early in this podcast about he looked up. No one was in a better position than him. So he just went, yep, sweet. I'll take it. Because mm. Mitch Moses coming through, you know, when he was in Matt's SG ball, all the, like, he was the most talented guy in the comp, by the way, by a long way. But there was a feel of, you know, does he play in too much of a clean jersey? Yeah. Is, is he too afraid to get into the rough and tumble sort mm. of stuff? And, man, I think Mitch Moses, he has developed into a, a proper halfback between the years and just with all of his skills. And then he's tough now. It's incredible. He is tough as nails. Imagine your task is to handle for Fita. Like, that is this, that could be arguably one of the scariest jobs ever in rugby league. But we're talking about one of the most explosive wide running forwards we've seen. And look, Fafita's still got good play the balls or whatever. But I tell you what, I didn't watch that game and go, there's a real weakness on Mitchell Moses that said. I didn't think that at all. I thought there's a real strength there that it's almost can become frustrating to Queensland that this guy's not that where he got kind of like bumped off. He's back bent like 
I'm surprised he wasn't injured. His back bent like, and he didn't get knocked. Like yeah. the, the contact, the impact, incredible. And we we have to go back even to last year. There was a try saving tackle. Guess who it was on in the finals footy to get into the grand final? Jason Tamalolo. It was mm. Mitchell Moses that made the tackle. Just r- amazing stuff. And sometimes like you, you can look at halves and go, oh, you're a good tackler, but you're not a good defender. Mm. Or you're a good defender, but you're just not a good tackler. Mm. A few years ago, I would have said Mitch Moses was neither. Now I think he's both. Mate, it's amazing what he's done. Really, really amazing. Um, Damien Cook, I thought Damien Cook was outstanding. Uh, so much so, I was actually quite surprised that they didn't just keep running with it or get him back on quicker. Um, but he still played a substantial 55 minutes. But I thought Cookie was great, did exactly what he needed to do. He ran when he, he – the opportunity arose, he ran, but not so much so that it was taken away from what Cody Walker needed. But it was enough to keep defenders in two minds. A few of the set plays that he had on fifth play with Cody Walker were really troubling Queensland. Um, I thought it was really interesting with Damien Cook and Cam Murray. Like at the end of the game, when I looked at the stats, they played 55 and 67 minutes. To me, it felt like they played less minutes. Mm. I felt like when they weren't on the field, we really missed both of them. I was surprised that Cam Murray got moved out into an edge and Isaiah yeah. played so long. So there's, there's still places where I could critique um, selections, game plans, bench rotations. Um, so, this, and we'll get to that, but we'll, we'll get to that eventually. But yeah, Damien Cook, I thought was outstanding. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, already spoken about him. But again, like if you want a guy that's just going to willing to run it straight and hard for fucking 80 minutes, it doesn't matter how jammed he gets. It's Regan Campbell-Gillard. Surely he keeps a mortgage. Like, surely he's in the um, in the discussions for selection next year. I hope yeah. that there's no longer just, you know, out in the wilderness. Liam Martin, I thought he started really, really well. And I think Liam Martin and Cam Murray, you know, I've been saying it since the start of the, the series, you need them on the field for as many minutes as possible because they just add that, you know, one thing I have to say for game one and game two for New South Wales I just didn't see anyone, like, shooting up trying to hurt people. Whereas Liam Martin, if you get him starting, he's up shooting trying to hurt people. And that's where I think a lot of people look at his stats and go, oh, eight missed tackles. That's where he misses most of his tackles, when he's, when he's trying to inflict pain. Yeah. Which, there's missed tackles and then there's missed tackles with context, mm. and you can take them. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, there's, all missed tackles are not equal. All missed tackles are not equal. And Liam Martin, the amount of... Like, he got to the point where players were almost, like, looking up going, like, waiting for Liam Martin to, to shoot out of the line. So, he was hyper-aggression. And Cam Murray, I just thought, from the get-go, you look so slick. And then when you moved him out to the edge, you still look slick, but not as slick, in my opinion. I just think Isaiah Yo, although I thought Isaiah did a solid job, I just think it's a bit too predictable when yeah. he does it. Whereas Cam Murray, for some reason, he seems to be much more subtle about the way he ball plays. It's not as obvious that there's going to be a play out the back. Um, so I, I still think Isaiah Yo did a good job. I would still keep him in the squad if he plays good footy next year. But I think Cam Murray longer minutes at 13 is needed because once he got moved out to the edge, he just didn't have a chance to impact the game as much as you would hope. I agree. And I almost think having Isaiah Yo on the bench, it forces you to want to utilise Isaiah Yo's skill set. And that's where I I question if there's a place for both of them mm. in this mm. side. They're, like, they're both good enough players to be there. But I just wonder if you are better off just going with Cam Murray in the 13 and just leaving him there and then picking different players on the bench. Other than, But if Cam Murray wants to get injured, I bring Isaiah straight in for Well, I, I like Isaiah on the bench. I just think you give him different direction. Just say, mate, you're a front rower. Just fucking run it straight and hard. Mm. On top of that, I like him on the bench because of his utility across the forward pack. And so if you get an injury on the edges, in the middle, 
he could play centre at a pinch. I just yeah, like the fair. fact that he yep. just plays a lot of positions. Um, that's a good shout, actually, yeah. But, yeah, so, look, Cam Murray was outstanding, especially at the start. Another guy I want to talk about, Keon Konamatangi. It won't get spoken about because of the noise of some of the other players or whatever. Keon's first tap-on was magical. I Live, I thought it was a knock-on. I thought he it just hit his chest and bounced off him because it happened so quickly. I thought, oh, Jesus, Keon, what have you done there? Yeah. Then watching the replay, it was all it was all purpose. It was unbelievable, incredible. and how calm and measured he was, and you know he, he didn't look out of place. He didn't look daunted by the situation. He had some really solid runs. Always seemed to find his front. I thought Keon was outstanding, and another guy again. You, yeah, it might have been game three, but they've selected him. He's young. He's got a long, long future ahead of him. And he, he's a player that deserved the jersey. He mm. earned this jersey for years and years of, of good um, good form. Especially when he came in on that edge and, like, the guys around him, obviously Mitch inside him, Critter out. Like, never played with any of them before. Mm. Yeah. And it looked like he'd been there for a few years. Mate, they, their defence was outstanding, Blues, last night. Their systems all worked. They they were really frustrating. Like, yes, the Queensland were a bit clunky, but they were really frustrating him. Um, all right. Got the positive out of the way. Reese Robson, come on, did a job. Gutho, got a few minutes. The The, I guess... Going forward for New South Wales, they're almost in a harder position than they were game two. Because like after game two, you could say, okay, we probably need to bring someone else new in. After this performance, I still think changes need to be made in regards to coaching. But I do think that if you came to me and said, the changes are we're putting in a selection policy, we're putting in game plan policies that we stick to from, you know, we, we work it out early in the season and we stick to it. That's where I could see Freddie continuing on. Um, because the, even, into, even in this game, there were a few rotation things where I was like, ooh, I, I probably don't agree with that or don't agree with this. So, look, if they go for full, you know, full-on changes, I could understand it because of the last few years. But I do think it has muddied the waters a little bit in regards to like, oh, maybe you could work if you restructured selections to make sure they're done correctly, restructure um, game plans to make sure that's done I guess more simply rather than um, I guess being thinking about it a bit too much. What do you reckon in regards to New South Wales? Uh, I don't think so. I think we need to make changes, mate. I think that I, I agree with you in the fact that last night muddied the waters a little bit, but mate, when the series was on the line and we were playing to win it, it was just, in my opinion, constant poor decisions and constant just trying to outthink the room. Mm. And I, I, I get what you're saying with putting structures I'm not saying that I would do that. I'm yeah. just saying... No, no, I get what you're saying. That's yeah, 100%. A, that's more of an option than it was game two. Yeah, yeah, and it is more of an option, mm. but it's not enough for me. Yeah. I think we need to make changes. I think we need to start again. Start all over again. What do you reckon, Matty? Look, I I just question who steps in. That's what I mean. Mm. If there was a guy like... like Let's say Ricky Stewart was like not coaching a club side, just keen as anything to do it, I'd go, yep, sweet. But I just... Changes need to be, whether it's changes to selections, rubber or full-on changes. Changes need to be made. So, yeah, sure. to, to answer your question though, I would I'd keep Freddie, but I'd probably do what you said. I'd change the selection policy, maybe bring in someone like Boyd Cordner or bring in like a I don't know, even bring in a full-time coach like Ivan Cleary or someone just here or there. So it's interesting. Ivan Cleary apparently was in the box last night. He was, mm-hmm. yeah, he was. And so I wonder whether. They go to Ivan and say, look, you're not going to be the head coach, but we need you to help us in regards to bench rotations, game plans. And some people go, well, hang on a sec. Like, that means they're going to do 
just the Penrith system. No, no, I, I don't think that's what they would be asking of him. They would more be saying, like, what's your suggestion in regards to game plan, game decisions, dudes playing certain positions? I do think that they need a coach in there that coaches quite a lot because they can make the right rotation calls. They can make the right – you know what I mean? They've got that more uh, feel for rugby league because they're coaching each week. And, and I, think, I think that's the happy medium of, like, New South Wales rugby league and Queensland rugby league. They're not going to put an NRL coach as an origin coach now. It just needs to be a full-time job. I reckon it's the perfect mix of keep Freddie. Because you watch that Channel 9 thing at the start. No one loves New South Wales or gets New South Wales more than Freddie. And people would run through a freaking brick wall for him if they play for him. But obviously some of his selections and rotations and tactics have been questioned. So I, I agree. I reckon bring in Ivan. He can still coach every Penrith game. Or bring in someone to like cover that, change the selection policy, but keep Freddie there as the leader. I reckon that's the perfect way to go. Mm. I'll be honest, I, 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 I'm not sure if players are running through brick walls for Freddie, to be honest with you. I, I push back on that quite heavily. I think it's been pretty evident in this series they're not. Mm. We even got to game one last year and, you know, that you got that tap back and we've got five guys walking behind. Mm. I look at Queensland and I go, they'd run through a brick wall for Billy Slater. You look at how they're always pushing up in every single play. You look at that moment last night where DC chipped over the top, got a second kick. Lindsay Collins caught the ball again. Mm. I just I don't ever see us in those sort of positions. And last night was good, and that's fantastic. But the series wasn't on the line. Mm. And the series was, I disagree. I don't think they were running through a brick wall for Freddie. I, I, I question if he's still got that. Mm. I'm unsure. It, it's, hard to, it's hard to say. Because is it a symptom of the selections that he made that made... The you know the players he was selecting they weren't willing to do it. Um, is it the senior players? You know, would bringing Cody Walker in did that? Did he take a, a heavier role in getting the boys up and getting behind him? Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one because you could have said the same thing about Kevin Walters, the Broncos. You could have said, oh, hundred percent could have. You know, yeah. And then they brought in some systems around Kevy, and now it looks. I mean, hopefully, if we continue on this, now it looks like the boys are you know killing mm. and getting behind each other. So, but it, I think that. For outside looking in, I do agree with you that it probably doesn't look like that they're all committed and, you know, I mean, it's proven. You look at the photos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, saying they're not committed isn't probably what I'm trying to I, not, I say. Not it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to word. What I'm, I'm not saying committed. Uh, sorry. I mean, yeah. like, is Freddie getting, drawing the best out of them yeah, that we would hope? The reality is winning origins and losing origins is about that extra 1%. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the difference. Yeah, at the I'd, end of I'd the agree day. with you there. And I, I'm just not sure if we're finding that 1% through Freddie. Is there someone we can find it through? I don't know. Do you think and that's that, the big question. Do you think they sense. used to with Freddie? Do you think they could find that magic again? Because I think if you go 2021, they were. 2018, 19, I think they were. I don't know, mate. I, I also just think Freddie's burned a lot of bridges. Mm. And I, I don't know what those relationships look like between Freddie and those guys, but I don't know. I. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreading. I even thought who like, would you who would you bring in? I, I'd probably look at Jeff Tuvey. Yeah, I don't know who it. I would look at. Do you reckon because he's been out of the game so long, he would struggle with quite possibly? You? But yeah, mate, I think that uh, when, no, when you when you look at when you're comparing Slater to what we're doing, it looks like we've been out of the game for a while. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, no, it's it's and, and that's the at, problem. As Matty said, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, and yeah, you're looking at the actual results. They're one from four from the last. You know, yeah, four or whatever. Um, I think it was pretty telling that Hutto Young and Nico were there as well, supporting the boys. Like it's it's we've 
it's pretty easy to look in and say, oh, Freddie's burned a lot of bridges like, you know, Nico Hines and he's just dropped Hudson Young. But they were all there supporting him last night. I don't think it's as bad as what you say, to be honest. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm biased because I know Freddie and I was in the camp for a while. Well, you've seen it. You've yeah. seen the boys, how the boys get around it. Mm. Well, I think that 2018 19, they did. I think that because it's such a long tenure, just there may be like I don't have to agree with you. The last couple of years they definitely haven't, and you you can get pictures to prove it. So I where I I'm probably in the middle in regards to I agree with Guru that for this last series they haven't been, but I'm like optimistic that could you find the magic again? Mm. You know, I mean, could you? Maybe you could, but if there if there was a guy standing up that would be really good to take over, I'd probably lean more towards getting a new person in to take over. But that's the problem New South Wales faces. I just don't know who that guy is. Oh, and, mate, like, I, 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 was, I was talking to a mate yesterday and just saying, like, there's guys from your eight in a row that will never be in the coaching ranks that I reckon could come in and help us so much. Mm. Mm. Just, the, the, and, yeah, I don't know, it's tough. Because we've we got Freddie and Joey. I've said this before. We've got Freddie and Joey in there at the moment. No one gets origin more than those two. Yeah. There's no denying that from me whatsoever. I've got jerseys of both of them at home that I can't wait to put on the fucking wall. But I, I just, I don't know, I just feel like... I feel like right now we are better than we were at any point during your eight in a row, mm. and you're not as good as you were during your eight in a row, and we're further away from beating you. Yeah, that's what scares me. No, no, it's it's fair. Like, in, and I, to be honest, I, I agree with you in regards to if you're looking at the last few series, it's just facts. Like, you can't. How can you push back against that? Um, especially when you go through and you find images of you know all the Queenslanders chasing, and you know only a few here, and so. As I said, I guess a question would be... So I agree with you. I agree with mm. you. I guess a question would be, can you put systems in place to find the magic again or do you just completely clean house? Oh, and mate, to be honest with you, if any of us would know, probably best. It's probably him. He's been inside those systems yeah. and seen do you reckon, they, stuff, could, so. do you reckon they, could, they could find a way to bring that magic back? I mean, of course. Of mm. course. I, I, when Laurie... And Laurie Daly was a victim of um, oh. coming up with the best New South Wales team of all... Uh, best Queensland team of mm. all time. Probably best rugby league team of all time, yeah, to be easily, honest. Easily. But when he, t- when Freddie took over, it wasn't as simple as Freddie taking over Laurie and everything changed. It was the entire coaching staff. Laurie wasn't the problem at all. It was There was a few people under him that, you know, probably shouldn't have been there. Freddie came in and he brought in his fresh new new look with Danny Badiris, Greg Alexander, you know, Joey Johns. Craig Fitzgibbon was there for a while. And to be fair, there's no coincidence. I mean, Craig Fitzgibbon was there, we were killing it as well. I think maybe he's got to somehow freshen it up without, you know. A full clean out. Without a full clean out, yeah. Like bring in someone like Boyd Cordner, I reckon. Like bring in someone like James Maloney. I'm not saying get rid of any of the coaches now. I'm just saying there needs to be a freshen up from like there was from 17 to 18. Mm. And I reckon the magic can come back. And I, I'll die on this hill at the moment. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that can replace him, replace mm. him at the moment, but I reckon we got to... We, the changes have to be made, mm. but I'm not saying it should be personnel changes. Yeah. And exactly. to, be, to be clear, when we say bring the magic back, we're saying Freddie's magic back. Obviously, yeah. New South Wales are going to be able to bloody be good, like, gun again. Like, I, I think that you go into next series, like, yeah, I would probably have Queensland as favourites at the moment, but not by big favourites at all. Like, it's his origin. This is... You don't just roll up and get the win. Um... And we, they showed it. You know, you guys beat us last night. And also, you go back to game two, you fucking put 40 on us. So, like, you know, so... Oh, 
I just, I'm just really interested if, like, what would the replacement be? What would the replacement be? If, as I said, if Ricky Stewart, like, was available or even Bellamy or whatever, I'd consider that, even though people say, oh, Bellamy's already had his opportunity, but I think that Bellamy's a better coach, mm. you know, than he's ever been. Mm. I really like Matty Shadow about getting Boyd Cordner involved. Oh, I don't, sure. I, like, I would almost make up a role, like a cultural leader or something for Boyd, because I, I just, even little things that annoy me in this camp, like, you say you're going to name the team at 9 a.m., Name it at nine AM. Mm. Why is it getting named at eleven thirty on a Monday? Just and I I know it's it's a small thing, but it's just little things that we just constantly seemed a little bit unbuttoned. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Like I just you know all, all, all the players jump up and jump on and um, do interviews during the week. Once again, a small thing, but I got hat with you know the the Westpac W on the front. Like I look at Queensland every time and they've got a Maroons hat on. Mm. Just just little tiny things. Like you're standing in front of a banner that's got eight Westpacs behind you. Yeah. I, there's just little things that I look at and go, fuck, are we, we just don't look as into it as Queensland do at times. Mm. Just There's just little things that frustrate me. And maybe I'm just being negative. I'm more than happy to wear that if so, because I'm pissed off. Mm. There's no hiding away from that. <laughs> but I just, there's just so many little things that happen in these camps that I just, I just don't understand. Mm. No, I, I agree with you, mate. I, I agree with you. I think that there are plenty of things, even, you know, when I guess sometimes the energy can be quite combative um, mm. in regards to getting questioned about certain things. And look, they are humans. Like, I can't even imagine what it would be like with a whole state ripping the shreds off you in the papers. It would be so stressful. But, yeah, I, the, I just don't know who replaces him. That's the tough... And like that, that's another thing that got to me. Like The idea of being able to sit and watch a TV show for an hour with Andrew Johns and Brad Fittler during Origin, that should be the best thing ever. After watching it a few weeks ago, I, I don't think I could sit through it again. Mm. And they're human beings. I get it. They're passionate. I, I get that 100%. But I just, I just feel like there's a lot of things that throughout this camp we could have handed ourselves a lot better in. Mm. Yeah. You know, objectively, you're right. You're definitely right. I mean, at the end of the day, you've lost a series and you lost it quite convincingly. Um, and it and all came back to that moment in Origin 1 in Adelaide, you guys had to play a Simbin. Mm. Unlosable situation. Mm. And we just went to water in that moment. And I, I really hope whatever happens, whether it's Freddie, Tuvi, Maddie, who's ever coaching next year, I would be going back and I'd be watching that last 15 minutes and going, hey... Is this going to be a turning point or not? Are we just going to keep doing this shit? Yep. Or are we going to change something? Because mm. that, that that for me, like we, we lost the series in that moment for me. We were no hope after Oh, that. Well, you needed to win game one. We need to win. And, and we had every opportunity there. game yeah, one. Game was there to be one. Happy, sure. blatant knock on, gets a try. You get a player, Simbin, that shouldn't have been Simbin. We're up by two tries and we lose it from there. Mm. I just like, how does that possibly happen? No, mate, I'm, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, th- like there absolutely needs to be substantial changes. It's just a matter of, you know, when you make those changes, are the replacements going to be better? And that's, I feel like a dickhead saying all this because I don't have any answers. Yeah. I don't know what the answer it's is. It's tough. It's tough. And I know that they don't know what the answer is either, unfortunately, mm. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you're right in regards to the game was there to be won in game one. And the, I guess the knock on New South Wales, at least recently, is, is you don't win the tight ones. Queensland seemed to find a way to get the job done. Where, how, what changes can you make? to find that part of the rugby league. Those, when the match is on the line. I mean, even like, even little laps of, you won last night, but as I said, first time we get down our end, people aren't chasing the ball. Even like little laps of concentration like that, you've got to, you can't have that at all in any of the games, all three games. So yeah, I I just, as I said, I just don't know 
I'm like you, mate. I don't know what the answer is, but I do agree changes need to be made. Whether they're wholesale, whether they're 80% or whatever, I'm, I just don't know where you land on it. And I, to be honest, I, if someone said to me they do know, I'd say, well, why don't you go and work at New South Wales Rugby League? Um, but I think most people are a bit like, well, that eight in a row, we've kind of burnt through all of our former legends, mm. all of our for other former legends are either coaching clubs or just not interested. So it's like, is there anyone that's there to do it? Like that's keen and that has the, the knowledge that you'd back in, that has the, because I think also you need the gravitas as, as a New South Wales head coach. It helps a lot if you've played a fair bit of origin because you can, when you talk to, uh, talk to the boys about going that extra mile, you can say, you can say I did it, yeah. I did it. So and you know what, mate, like if someone comes to me and says, <laughs> like if I'm one of these guys at Tuvia or something and someone says, you want to coach New South Wales, I'm looking over the fence and I'm looking at what Slater's doing. I'm looking at the team he's got. They're all 24 years old and I'm going, it's a tough task. Oh, it's mate. a lot to ask. Like I feel sorry for Freddie, I do. And I know that we say like Laurie Daly obviously went up against that great team and that stuff. I think Freddie's in a really tough situation now. Some might be his fault, some might not, whatever. But I think Queensland have ticked so many boxes in the last two years that they are so well set up. It's a very tough task to try and bring apart. Oh, mate, absolutely. I, th I think, I think, like, you, I look at if they lost their fullback, hooker, five eight, and halfback for game one next year, I reckon I could accurately predict what the Queensland Maroons would mm. do. New South Wales at full strength. I don't know what we're going to do. I think that the the big, I guess, conundrum or whatever is it's it all goes back to that 2020 series. You win that, and everything is different. A lot of those guys that those Queenslanders that got their chance due to the fact that there were a lot of players out and we were, had no depth. The fact that they got a sniff and got that victory, it almost turned them into the players they are today. Whereas if New South Wales come out and just fucking blow us off the, the, the park there, I mean, you're sitting at what? You would have gone four in a row then, pretty much. And look, it's hindsight hero kind of stuff. But it was a defining moment of this generation of origin. I think that 2020 series, I think it changed 100% it has. It yeah. laid the foundations for what they're doing now. Yeah, yeah. And, so that, and, and that's where you can go... Unfortunately, that's just not good enough from New mm. South Wales. You know, everyone involved, like, there's no way they should have lost that series. Just no way. It is just bizarre how we can get, you know, from the last 30 years of origin or 40 years or whatever it is, we just can't find another legend that we think embodies what we need. Mm. Like, if something was to happen today, this afternoon, and Slater said, I don't want to do it, could you imagine the list of Queenslanders you could come up with that you think, I could mm. do that job? Yeah. Whether it be Cam Smith, whether it be JT, whether it be Cooper Cronk, like just all these guys that I think they could bring in, I think they would do a fantastic job. Mm. Well, speaking of that, let's get to Queensland. Look, to be honest, I don't think there's that much to talk about that we haven't already said in Game 2 review. But, I mean, their biggest um, concern going forward is really the re-signing of Billy Slater. You know, he's yet to commit. He said he needs to speak to his family. You know, maybe he just goes, you know what? I don't need this shit. I don't need this shit, bruh. And he rides off into the sunset because we have to remember he actually didn't want to do it. He only did it because his state needed him. I think he's full of it. He'll be there. He loves you it. Mate. Oh, man. Even like they, they, they spoke to his wife last night after and you could just see even the passion from her. Mm. I, I think Billy Slater will be there without okay. a doubt. Okay. Well, just I'm, I'm just trying to manipulate the media because I'm open for the job. Just so <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm just trying to use blokes. Wait. To run agendas against Billy Slater so that I get the job. Um, you, two, you two should be origin coaches next year. Go against <laughs> each other. Could you imagine? <laughs> it's, it's the year's 2050 and podcasters have become like fucking rock stars or something and we're now coaching each day. Um, I might have a Kemp on my wing. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Um, 
Look, I agree with you. I think it'll be there. But it, at the end of the day, it hasn't been committed to yet. Yeah. And he just won a bloody series. Um, but I, I would say Slater would just... We'll deal with that later. I've got a job to do here. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be there. But I hope they get it done soon. I want to talk quickly, though, about Hamiso. <laughs> this fucking guy, man. This fucking guy. He is a... He's a joke. He's yeah. an actual joke of a player. I knew he had potential... There's no way I thought he had this potential. Like, he playing at centre, just turning it on when he wants to. Just at a flick of a switch. You'd be like, oh, Josh Adokar, one of the best wingers we've seen in a while. You did a mad play? Watch this. Boom, boom, boom. Thanks very much. Thanks for coming. Uh, Hamiso has been phenomenal. Actually, he actually probably pipped Collins for me in regards to player of the series. I just think he's, some of his plays in crucial moments have been outstanding. Maybe not pipped, but put it this way. I actually had Lindsay Collins and Hamiso post-prepared for Wally Lewis medal and actually didn't have Ruben Cotter prepared. I had him at second or third. I made it 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, look, I'm, I'm still happy with Ruben Cobb winning it. When you actually look the fact, I, I'm pretty sure he played 80 minutes. Um, so he played 80 minutes last night. He started in the front row, like, <laughs> 80 minutes in the front row in Origin, and he played 80 minutes every game of Origin. It's just stupid. Stupid, stupid stuff. Yeah, it's it's insane. And he's... Uh, I was talking to someone last night on Instagram and they, they said, oh, you know, could he be the next sort of English? And I went, no, nah, no, different footballers. And I thought, like, they're so different, but he could hurt us in so many similar ways. Mm. Like he's, he's a very different centre. Yeah. But, mate, the, the, amount, of, like, the amount of times throughout this series that they... That, he, he just was able to burn us in an instant with his speed. Mm. Sensational. And you look at, like I would argue, your fullback moving forward, Reese Walsh. He's the fastest fullback I think I've ever seen over a 10-metre sweep. Him and Matty Bowen, I reckon. Right, yeah. 10 uh, metres. Just incredible. Yeah. So, like, he's going to be put in so many good spots throughout his career. Mm. And I, I sat there and thought, Jesus, maybe he could hurt us as much as... Well, look at the, the impact he's had. He's 21. He's 21. He's, he's first, playing out of position. His first game out of position was against Tom Travojevic in one of the greatest origin series you'll ever see from a centre, oh, as in Tommy. Just, and he did a job on him. It's like, insane. He is, so, he is so special. So, so special. I'm just trying to look at his... So he missed one tackle. That means that he has missed... Is it two tackles since he came into origin? He made 19. And he missed one at centre. At centre. Unbelievable. I thought Tuolangi was outstanding as well. I, I thought he was really good. Took some tough, tough carries. Um, Val Holmes, I, I thought he yeah, struggled. Look, I, I do think in attack, DCE, sometimes he can fall back into the, into the, I guess, old rhythms of like, I need to do everything. And there were quite a few times where we had good ball heading into New South Wales lines and you saw Munster blowing up because he didn't get the ball. And I think that's where sometimes DC can fall back into his kind of club footy where he needs to be everything. If we're attacking the line and Munster wants the ball, he should be getting the ball yeah. every time, every time. And I, so I, I think that, um, look, as I said, it's super hard to criticise DC because he's been phenomenal for us. But yeah, it was just one of those games where I think he fell back into some of his older habits that, we, that are kind of... The reason why he falls back into him is because club need him. They need him to fall into it. Uh, he doesn't have. He basically, you know, he's had a multiple different sixes over the last few years. But there, I do think that there were times when Munster should have got the ball uh, and he didn't. And I do think Munster did look quite threatening when he was given an opportunity. Munster made thirty-four tackles. 
Sorry, just, I just did some Googling. Hamiso's origin career, 63 tackles made, two missed. Fuck. In centre. In centre. All games at centre. Um, outside of that, like, yeah, a little bit clunky, but it's really hard to fault the Queenslanders in regards to effort, having a dig. We just looked a little bit clunky, to be honest, and obviously our right-edge defence. Like, if our right-edge defence was short up, we were a little bit less clunky, then I would be happy with the performance. Like, it's very obvious situation like yeah for sure and i agree you were a little bit clunky but you can afford to be clunky mm. well, game three in sydney when you got the series wrapped up yeah right. and that's that's what i gonna say is like and like yeah you, you mentioned dc he, he can go into those ways how often does he do it when when the game's on the line yeah, no, when, when there's no. something to be won yeah very rarely especially in the later part of his career um so that's where i'm actually really impressed with the boys where yes it's not there's no such thing as a dead rubber they want to win for sure but when you're in the depths of origin footy and you need to get that, find that extra bit in you, if you've already won the series, it's almost impossible. I mean, the fact that the eight in a row side only won one whitewash. Tells you all you need to know. Exactly. Shows you that like that game three, New South Wales are playing for everything. Queensland are like, this is just a game to us. Like, yes, it's a game where we want the, the, um, the pride of winning. It matters to us. But again, it's got to matter like... Does it matter as much as game two? No, it doesn't matter as much as game two. Uh, so, but that's to take nothing away from New South Wales. To be clear, New South Wales were that's this is the best game they've played all series. Yeah, by by a substantial margin. Um, Just to revert back very quickly, that thing that they said about Hamiso in the coverage last night about, I think he's the 13th player ever to score a try in all three games of Origin. I was just thinking then. I thought, geez, I wonder how many times GI did it. GI didn't do it. <sighs> Fuck. And Gio was outside the eight in a row. In fact, Gio only scored in three games in a row once throughout his Origin career. Oh my god! So we might be looking. Did Hamiso score in Game Three last year? Like, because because he be. Um, I think he if you said to me right now, Hamiso scored in five Origin games in a row. Hamiso like, has scored sense. in every one of your Origin yeah, that's, games. That's just insane. That's not sweet. He scored a double in one of them. So he's what? And these are from all four. over the line kind of shit. Has he? He's scored a try in every Origin he's played. Yeah, so, he's so is that six games on a ro- seven games on the trot? No, he's only played four origins. Four. <laughs> he's played four origins. He scored one, two, three, four, five tries. Wait, did he score two last night or one? He scored. No, he scored one. He dropped one. Oh, I got he dropped one. Yeah. Jesus. So he scored five in four. Jeez, I just had it in my mind. This was like his second full series. It's not. It's his first, first full, full series. series. Mate, he's special. Hamiso is special. Isn't that that try that he, as you said, you know. Whatever Josh Adokar can do, I can do better. But just have the presence of mind and the confidence in that moment to do that. Right. Inside of the foot rubber, into a corner. It should, have, it should have rolled away from him. And it didn't. He just la- he landed it perfectly at full pace. Fucking unbelievable. So he went pa- past Brian Toto, like, with all due respect to Brian Toto, like he was standing still. That's just how quick the guy is. Yeah. I love how committed he is to his celebration as well. Yeah, I love it. Like it's origin. It's not, the Dolphins have nothing to do with anything, but he still fins up. What's the hammer? Oh, it's the hammer. Did you think it was a dolphin? I thought it was a dolphin. No, I'm pretty sure he did it at the Cowboys. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a hammer. Uh, I could be wrong though. Fuck. Maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Would you no, I thought it was a dolphin, to be honest with you. Oh, that makes more sense though. That I makes heaps more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong though. I could just be... I hope you're right because look, that's, art, that's cooler. Look, art is always open <laughs> to interpretation, guys. Um, okay, just quickly in regards to broad strokes, Queensland. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They're still in a really strong position, but they have to be really wary. Guess who was in the same position 2019? Chats of this young, incredible side. It's never going to get beaten. No, no, that's not how Origin works. They are in a strong position, but they need to make the right decisions going forward. They, you know, need to stick to the plans that they've put in place. They need to stick to the processes put in place. Um, so it's they can't get too caught up in the fact that they're this young, incredible side. They cannot because... We've seen what New South Wales have. Everyone was sitting there going, wow, it's New South Wales' turn to go on a run. And now we're currently sitting here. So Queensland need to be made sure. And I'm sure they are the squad, like, for sure, mate. Like, it's just important. They make the right decisions going forward, as it is for New South Wales. They, they can't put their feet up and go, oh, yeah, we've got this great young pack. They're going to dominate everyone for the next 10 years. No, no, it's not going to happen like that. So they've got to be really smart going forward. God, I would love to see you in two years sitting in my shoes. It would make me so happy. Why do you hate me, Guru? What have oh, I ever done to you? It's not mate? you. I hate them. It, just, it would make me so <laughs> hey, happy. Hey, I, I, I genuinely Guru. wish, like, I, I wish it hurts, I, mate. <laughs> I wish I was on this show with you two, three years ago to be able to go back and see where my mindset was at about Freddie at that point. Yeah. I would love to see because at the moment I'm he just was looking the hero. At, he was 100, percent and it, mate, he's been my hero since I was four years old. So mm. I can't imagine how confident I would have been. But I just look at Slater and I just can't see. Like he might he might lose a series here or there, but I just can't see it falling into a heap. I just yeah, I hope not. But Origin, you just even just the know. way the confidence that he spoke after the game last night with Cam Smith next to him and the way they spoke about Origin, like it, to me it just seems day and night to the way we sort of talk about Origin. A mm. uh, bit of bit of research. It's actually his. Yeah, sorry, going back to the hammer. The celebration's actually a shark. It is it is indigenous totem, kind of oh, like really? kind of like Latrell's kangaroo like obviously that gets mistaken for for bunny for bunny is but yeah apparently it's a it's a it's a shark for his that's for his even cool yeah, that's even that's heaps mm. better that's the best result of all it's a, so it's a shark it's a shark yeah okay never I knew like that, that but that's cool great. that is really really cool well we're all fucking idiots how about that boys <laughs> who would have thought god the hammer one was creative that was good yeah i'd never even considered that you had me convinced. Uh, sorry, sorry, everyone listening to. I would have walked into the idiots. next room and said that for sure. <laughs> I guarantee someone's already left a comment on YouTube saying it's a fucking shark, you idiots. <laughs> and it's like now they're going to be like, oh, they actually found out that it was a shark. <laughs> um, anyway, Hamiso, we're looking at something special, man. And like, if there's one coach I want him to be under, it's Wayne Bennett. It's Wayne Bennett. Wow, wow. All right, any final thoughts, boys? Nah, I'm done. That's, done? A, that's enough for the last few months. Very happy. Very happy. Very happy. All right. We'll all go fuck ourselves. Thank you. <laughs> What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.